Konnichiwa. Bienvenuto. Buonasera. Happy Becoming. Bom dia. Namaste. Ni hao. Hey. Hello. Sotki krab. Bonjour les amis. Nugget is a brand new travel podcast for kids. We are all about exploring the world together and discovering the beautiful places people call home. In each episode, we travel to a new destination and meet up with local kids just like you. You'll get to hear from them firsthand what it's like growing up where they live, what fun things they like to do, what foods they eat, and some really cool things about their culture. In today's episode, we're headed to a small town nestled in the Atherton Tablelands of northern Queensland, Australia. We'll learn about Australia's Aboriginal people and their traditions. We'll also explore the rainforest and its creatures and find out how you can help take care of the Great Barrier Reef. Be sure to listen for our Say What I Say game, where we learn some words in a traditional Aboriginal language. Wow, that sounds like so much fun. But before we go there, let's make sure we know where we're heading. Veronique, where exactly is Northern Queensland? Why don't we look at a map together and find out? Grab your atlas or ask your grown-up to pull up Google Maps or any other map service you like to use. Right. First, let's find Australia. Look for a really really big island, off on its own, surrounded by water. Found it? Great. Now, look for a pointy part at the top of the east side of the continent. That's over on the right side. This area is northern Queensland, which we're exploring in today's episode, together with nine-year-old Yindali. My name is Yindali. I am nine years of age and I live with my mum, my older brother and my two younger brothers in a small house in a small town called Herberton on the Atherton Tableland. I have three pets. I have two cats and one dog. My youngest cat is called Aztec, a ragdoll kitten with blue eyes. And I have a ginger cat called Ginger with green eyes. And I have a black Labrador dog called Banjo with brown eyes. Wow, sounds like you have a very full house. Yindali, that is such a beautiful name. What does it mean? My name Yindali means kingfisher. It is my totem. Kingfishers are birds found in rainforests. Their colour is blue, um, white, 
brown and black. And it's, it's common around Cooktown and around the table. Kingfishers are really good hunters for fish. They swoop under the water with their beak open and grab fish. Yindali and her two brothers have traditional Aboriginal names, which are also called their totems. I am from the Kukuyalji tribe. My ancestors come from Laura, Quinkin country. My two siblings, Jakora and Jalan. Jakora means whirlwind, and Jalan means ocean, and those are their totems. Aboriginal totem means we can turn into the that animal when we go to the dream time and pass away. It's a heaven for them. Dream time? What exactly is that? That's a great question, Rinyana. We asked Matthew, Yindali's cousin, to help explain it to us. The dream time is the Aboriginal understanding of the world, of its creations and great stories. It describes Aboriginal and spiritual beliefs and existence. Aboriginals believe that the dream time was way back at the very beginning. The land and people were created by the spirits. Dream time is the past, the present, and future. When Aboriginal people leave this world, they go back to the dream time. Dream time stories are passed down to generations and were always spoken and told, never written down. Dream time stories can also be seen in dance, visual arts, and rock art. They can be heard in the song lines. Dream time is a really important part of Aboriginal culture. Yindali and her brothers are part of the Gugu Yalanji people, originating from the rainforest regions of northern Queensland. Their ancestors settled in this part of Australia over 50,000 years ago. Whoa, that's so long ago. That's 45,000 years before the pyramids were built in Egypt. But where did they come from? They likely came to Australia by boats from Southeast Asia. Back then, the ocean around the continent wasn't as deep as it is today. When they landed in this part of tropical Australia, it was hot and wet and covered in some of the oldest rainforests in the world that stretch all the way to the sea and to the Great Barrier Reef. That sounds pretty, but not very welcoming. How did they survive in the rainforest? The Gugu Yalanji people thrived for thousands of years in the Daintree rainforest by hunting and gathering food. They also used insects found in the rainforest as medicine. And they would even eat some of these bugs. A favorite was the witchetty grub. Ew, I'm not sure I could eat bugs for lunch. Could you eat bugs for lunch? No, they look disgusting. What's a witchetty grub? I might try it. Ew, that's gross. I know. But witchetty grubs are highly nutritious, and the insides were useful when treating cuts and to help relieve pain. This knowledge has been passed on from generation to generation for thousands of years. Another way the Aboriginal people passed on their knowledge was through paintings on rocks. And the town of Laura is famous for Aboriginal history and culture. Laura is, has one of the, the oldest rock art sightings on the earth. The rock art tells the Aboriginal history of my culture and people. 
Laura was my childhood home when I grew up. I used to visit there all the time. Well, you'll find paintings that my ancestors in, painted in the rocks, in the caves, with ochre. Ochre? What is that? Ochre is um, a rock that you can find near rivers. And if you mix it with water and then rub it onto another rock, it will make this paint. It can be white, red, orange. If you want to see a video of Yindali making ochre paint, check out our episode page at www.nugget.travel slash podcast. You'll also see pictures of rock art paintings that our ancestors did a long, long time ago. They would paint stories or their journeys or their past or present to show other people what they've been through. It would be like a, like stories from their dreams or from their past, what they've been through or what has happened. That's so amazing that they use these paintings to tell their stories. Are there any other ways that stories are passed on? Another way is through dance and music. In fact, the Laura Aboriginal Dance Festival is a wonderful chance to see and hear traditional dances and music. Thank you for coming in celebration, celebrating the special day with us. <laughs> Every two years, all the different tribes come together for a traditional dance at Laura Aboriginal Dance Festival. People from all around the world come to see these dancers. I am an Aboriginal dancer. I wear a grass skirt and get painted up with ochre. Ochre is a traditional paint that we wear. We basically put it all over us. Um, yeah, we put it in patterns, like lines, stripes, dots. Sometimes we do handprints. Nature is one of the main resources for the Aboriginal people of Australia, and they are deeply connected to it. Not only does nature provide their tools to make the paints they wear, they even rely on nature when making their instruments. Um, women play clapsticks, and they're two different sticks made from tree logs, and they clap together. Um, that makes a really good rhythm. And men play didgeridoo. It's, um, it's made from trees as well. It's made from hollow um, trees. And, and it makes this rhythm as well, like this um, loud bumping noise. Like um, only boys can play um, didgeridoo. Boys can play, like, any instrument, the Aboriginal instrument. Girls can play just clapsticks. My littlest brother, called Jukawara, plays a didgeridoo. He is six years old. The songs are all sung in the Aboriginal language of Jabagai, mainly by the elders. As the elders sing, 
Yindali and her siblings do a few different dances. We can do the berry dance. It tells a story with it. it it's about picking, it's about girls going out to go picking out berries from the tree. There's an animal dance where you can dance like an animal. A kangaroo, snake. Oh, there's also an eagle as well. There's also a cassowary dance. A cassowary dance? What's a cassowary? Cassowaries are flightless birds. Um, they don't have wings. In this dance, Yindali and her brothers pretend to be a cassowary. You put your sh- elbow on your hand while you shape your hand like a beak and just face it out. I think I can do that. Shall we try it together? Yes. Okay. So you place your elbow on the palm of your hand and you shape your fingers like a beak. And then you move your arm as if you're pecking the ground. Then you start walking and you pretend you're in the rainforest. That was a lot of fun. Does the cassowary have an Aboriginal name? Yes, it does. Cassowary in the Jabagai language is called Bundara. I know. Why don't we learn a few more words in Jabagai? Let's play Say What I Say. Do you want to play with us? Yay, let's play! Yeah, 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 yeah. If I say hello, you say hello. If I say Guten Tag. You say Guten Tag. If I say Bonjour, you say Bonjour. Let's play. You guys ready? Let's ask Yindali to teach us a few words that are important to the Gugu Yalanji people. Uh, Guzi Guzi means the rainbow serpent. It's the greatest ancestor of all, is Guzi Guzi. This one's a bit tricky. Guji, Guji. Now you try. Guji, Guji. Guji, Guji. Guji, Guji. Guji, what's next? Buluru is a very special word. It means story water, dreaming place, life force in all creatures and plant life. The law, the creation, time. Wow, that really is a special word. So, Buluru means story water which are the stories that tell the history and legends of the Jabagai people. Let's try that one together. Yindali, are there any other words we should know? And Balamba. Balamba means home. Home. That's a good one. Balamba. 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 Home. That's a great segue because as good travelers, we always want to greet people in their native language when we visit their home. So, how do you say hello when you visit someone's home? There's no hello in Jebagai language, but we do have different words and greetings. Juri Nura means how are you? Nau 
Guri means I am good. Okay. So, when I meet someone, I'd say, Juri Nura. Juri Nura. Okay. And then I say, Nawu Huri. Nawu Huri. Yes. So, if there's no hello, is there at least a way to say goodbye? Yes. There's Garu. Garu means goodbye. See you in a while. Garu. 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 Yes. Garu. Thanks so much, Yindali, for teaching us such important words in the Jabagai language. I don't know about you, Rinyana, but I think I'll need to practice those at home. If you'd like to practice as well and want to learn a few more words, please visit our episode page at www.nugget.travel slash podcast. You'll also find pictures of Yindali and her brothers visiting exciting sites in and around the Tablelands. Oh, yes. We haven't even talked about all the fun things to do where Yindali lives. But before we do that, we wanted to share a quick message to all the grown-ups out there. In addition to this show, Go With Nugget for Kids, we also have a travel podcast for parents, which helps you make your vacation planning easier. It's called Go With Nugget for Parents. Each month, we head to a new exciting destination and chat with a local parent about their nuggets of advice. It's really inspiring and full of great tips on traveling with kids. So check out the episode notes for a link to that show and have a listen. Now, let's find out more about where Yindali lives. Sounds great. So, tropical northern Queensland is one of the most exciting and diverse regions of Australia, and the Atherton Tablelands are at the very heart of it. Yindali loves to go exploring out in nature with her family. You'll find breathtaking waterfalls, scenic views, crystal clear lakes, and lush rainforest. But don't take my word for it. There are many different sights to see on the tablelands, such as Millamilla Falls, Melanda Falls, Mount Hippopotamus, Lake Berene, and Lake Eacham. Lake Berene and Lake Eacham are clear, blue, volcanic lakes surrounded by rainforest and are part of the Crater Lakes National Park. A very, very long time ago, This part of Australia was home to a lot of volcanic activity. This type of volcanic lake is called a mar, which is a low volcanic crater formed by huge explosions from groundwater coming into contact with hot lava or magma. Over thousands of years, the crater has filled with water from the ground and rain, forming a freshwater lake that you can even swim in. Well, Lake Eaton is one of my favorite spots. I go there often to swim in the bright blue lake. There's heaps of fish in there, and it's also like a giant extinct volcano. But now, because it's already erupted, it can't do any more, so it's um, not dangerous anymore. So it's like dead. It's extinct like dinosaurs. Wow. Dormant volcanoes that you can swim in? I would love to see that. What else is there to see? There's also an amazing tree that's not to be missed. 
um, near Yungaburra, there's a curtain fig tree. It's um, it's a fig tree with all these um, branches hanging down like curtains. That's why it's called a curtain fig tree. This large tree in Curtain Fig Tree National Park is really unique. The tree is over 500 years old and nearly 165 feet tall. For those of you outside the U.S., that's 50 meters. That's super tall. That's as tall as a 16-story building. That is some good math, Rinyana. The Curtain Fig Tree is actually a strangler fig. Its seed landed on a branch of another tree and started growing. Over time, the roots started growing down all the way to the forest floor, and the tree underneath died, and it fell over into another tree. The strangler fig continued to grow along that fallen tree, and as the roots stretched and grew, they started to look like a curtain. Picture hundreds of roots that look like long, thick vines, reaching from high up in the canopy all the way down to the ground. The curtain fig tree is now so wide that it would probably take 40 kids holding hands to circle the entire tree. Can you imagine? Whoa, that's more than an entire classroom of kids. Are there many trees like this where Yindali lives? Well, this one is very unique, and there aren't many like it. But this part of northern Queensland is also home to one of the oldest rainforests in the world with thousands of trees and creatures living in it. Let's hear what Yindali has to say about it. The Daintree Rainforest is where the rainforest meets the sea. Also in the rainforest, sometimes you can go on walks, you can find trails, and in the trails, you can find all these vines hanging down, and you can swing on them if they're strong enough. So, it would be very mossy, wet, it would be shaded, and it would be very cold, well, not that cold, and you would hear lots of animal noises, like mostly bird noises you would hear. Oh, you would um, hear cicadas. There are animals such as a kingfisher bird, a tree frog, tree kangaroos, bush turkeys, and cassowaries. I remember the cassowary from the dance. Yindali, can you tell us more about it? Um, they're really tall, probably as tall as my brother, my biggest brother. They have a bright blue neck, a big dangerous blade on its head, as well as a sharp beak that can kill. That sounds a bit scary. They do sound scary, but luckily, Yindali has some tips on what to do if you get too close to one. If you see a cassowary, remain calm and back away slowly. Protect your front with a bag or a backpack if possible and shelter behind a tree. Do not run away as cassowaries can run faster than most people. That's really good to know. What other creatures live in the rainforest? Ranyana, there is so much life in the rainforest, like kingfisher birds, tree kangaroos, crocodiles, eels, spiders, and lots of different types of frogs. Ooh, green frogs. 
They're like a normal frog, but slimier. And they live in the um, the treetops of the forest. You won't really see them often in the rainforest because they're all the way up at the leaves in the trees. Are they dangerous too? No. <laughs> Some frogs in Australia are dangerous, like the cane toad. But the typical tree frog is harmless. But they can get pretty big. And even though they usually eat insects, they can sometimes eat small mammals like mice and even bats. I wouldn't want to be a mouse near a hungry frog. It's amazing how many cool animals live in Australia's rainforest. Yes, and it's not just the rainforest where you can find lots of animals. Northern Queensland is also home to the Great Barrier Reef, the largest living structure on Earth. The reef is made of hard and soft coral and is home to over 9,000 species of marine life, including colorful fish, reef sharks, rays, anemones, turtles, and so much more. Yindali and her family recently went to the reef on a holiday. So it's a two-hour drive from where I am to Cairns and then a two-hour boat ride to the Barrier Reef. And from the boat, you have a beautiful view over the ocean and the reef. Uh, you can see endless um, water, endless waves to the horizon. You could just be on any side because you're just above the reef. And you can see all this coral and fish. Can you picture this? Imagine you are on a boat in the ocean, far away from the shore. There is water all around you in beautiful shades of blue and turquoise. And because the water is so clear, you can actually see corals and fish just underneath the surface. Hundreds of colorful fish. Green, yellow, orange, and maybe there's even a turtle popping out and saying hello. And if you want to get a closer look, you can jump right in and go snorkeling. Have any of you snorkeled before? Well, Yindali just did it for the very first time. Well, it actually is pretty easy. All you need to do is um, keep the snorkel above the water while looking straight down with paddling with your feet. So you had flippers. There was the seat where you had to put on your flippers and you put on these goggles with the snorkel attached to it. Um, the snorkel goes on the goggles and uh, the end bit of the snorkel goes in your mouth and the top of it goes above the water. It lets you see underwater. It lets you breathe underwater. And once you're underwater, you can get right up close to all the sea life. Um, we went snorkeling above the coral and we found sea cucumbers colorful fish, giant fish as big as my little brother, sharks, Dory, and Nemo. Nemo is um, an orange, black, and white fish striped. If you watched the movie Nemo, you would know. And Dory is a black, yellow, and blue fish. Dory is an angelfish. Blue, black, white and yellow. 
Oh, seeing Nemo and Dory in real life. How cool is that? And you know what else is really cool about the reef? It is so big, you can even see it from space. Really? Yeah, it's massive. But despite its size, it's actually very, very fragile. And it's really important that when you visit, you don't touch anything and you don't leave anything behind. Yindali and her family are working hard to help protect the reef. So ways we can protect the reef is to not use as much plastic because plastic never goes away. It just breaks down into small and smaller pieces, which destroys the ocean and the animals that live in it. Uh, my mum, she does this cape create thing to show kids um, what you can do with plastic. Like you can make toys out of it and make other stuff instead of just throwing it away. That's such a great idea. What kind of toys do they make with old plastic? You could cut up pieces of plastic and use it with um, a plastic bowl to make a jellyfish because um, the reef will die if we keep on using it because of all the plastic getting stuck in, in the animal's belly. Because plastic bags look like jellyfish and sea turtles um, eat jellyfish so and they get mistaken easily by turtles and then the turtles suffocate and die. Also birds that um, swim on top of the ocean could, um, could get um, plastic in their throats. That's really dangerous for the birds. Plastic in the oceans is harming a lot of marine life. So it's important that as travelers, we are mindful of the environment and be sure to leave no trace wherever we go. If you want to find out more about Cape Create, then go to our episode page and check out the great work that Yindali's mom is doing to help protect the reef. I think it's really inspiring how much Yindali and her family care about nature. Yes, it's wonderful how nature plays such an important role in their lives and in the lives and stories of the Aboriginal people. I loved hearing about their instruments, how they make ochre, and also their traditional dances. The cassowary dance was definitely one of my favorite parts of this episode. I also loved hearing about the volcanic lakes, the rainforest, and the curtain fig tree. What did you enjoy most? We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you can send us a drawing of your favorite part of the show. We hope you enjoyed meeting Yindali as much as we did and learning about her home in tropical northern Queensland. A huge thank you to Yindali and her mom, Andrea, for helping us produce this episode and for sharing with us so much about their culture and country. If you love this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another Go With Nugget adventure. And if you want to share where you live or want to know about a place you're super curious about, we want to hear from you. Just ask your grown-up to record you and email us the recording at podcast at nugget.travel. Maybe you will be on the next show. Until next time, thanks for listening. 
Garu. Garu. This episode was written and produced by Ranyana Armstrong and Veronique Langlois Kinsey. Our theme song was written and composed by Andrew and Polly from Ear Snacks. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next Go With Nugget adventure. Thank you.